Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's the No Sleep Podcast. I'm David Cummings. Welcome to this special presentation. On March 11th, 2018, the No Sleep Podcast live tour visited the Chicagoland area at the venue known as Space in Evanston, Illinois. On stage with me for the tour was our composer Brandon Boone providing live music and the cast of Jessica McAvoy, David Alt, Nicole Goodnight, and Erica Sanderson. For this show, we performed three scripts commissioned especially for the tour. The first is a story titled Seeing Sights by Michael Whitehouse. Then we moved into our main script, Escape the Black Farm by Elias Witherow, which expands on his infamous story, Feed the Pig. We then conclude with our performance of Jimmy Giuliano's story titled Piper. The audio recording from this show was recorded straight off the soundboard, providing the live sound for the venue itself. It's not our usual standard of audio quality, but we're thankful our senior producer, Phil Mykolski, worked on the audio to make it sound as good as it possibly can. And so it gives me great pleasure to share with you our performance of Escape the Black Farm Live. We take you now to space, our not-so-final frontier. Please be seated and brace yourself. Welcome to the Black Farm. Bathe in the darkness all around you. There is only one option for you to survive this night. You can always feed the pain. your fear and try to escape the Black Farm. Brace yourself. It's Sleepless Live. be back here in space at space this is amazing how many people were here with us last year when we came through awesome that's amazing when uh, the second tour was coming around we thought there's one place we had to come back to and it's space we loved it last year so thank you guys for coming out again this is the last week we're heading into the last week of our tour and uh, it's great to be in Chicago where the weather seems to be somewhat normal for this time of year we started off in uh, Portland and then Seattle, where we were told, yeah, it snows one day a year. And it snowed on the both nights that we did the show. 
We went to L.A., had a great time in L.A. The day we left L.A., it snowed in L.A. <laughs> and then we thought, well, okay, we're, we're going to go to Phoenix now. Dry, warm. And it rained the night of the show. <laughs> so thank you for providing normal weather. And as a Canadian, thank you for making it nice and cold. <laughs> well, I shan't waste any more time. I'm going to bring up our first performer. This gentleman joined us in season three of the podcast, and he has quickly become the foundation of our sound. He is a gifted composer, and he not only does music for us, he's been doing music for other podcasts like Congeria and The White Vault, and he's recently been in demand in the independent short uh, film world. One of the films he scored going through the festivals and we found out just a few days ago that he was awarded Best Score. So he's now an award-winning composer. We're thrilled that he's with us, with his talent, his time, with his hair. Would you please welcome from Cincinnati, Ohio, Mr. Brandon Boone. What's up? Oh, you're, you're not carrying your award this time. Normally, no, no, he just no. walks around with it. I think so, it's like a paper certificate. It's like really flimsy. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Well, we're back in space. Oh, yeah, I love this place. It's awesome. Didn't mean to rhyme, sorry. <laughs> well, Brandon, thank you for being here, and thank you for getting out of here all the way back there to your booth. Hi, Our next performer also started with the podcast in season three, and her voice has quickly become a fan favorite. She has been in so many excellent stories that we've done. She was in the woods with the Whistlers. She has been part of Marcus Demanda's great series involving the woman Summer, the Summer who people love to hate, evil Summer. She used to be a professional yoga instructor and now is a full-time voice actor, which is ironic because that was my career path as I went through that. <laughs> that line always gets a laugh and I don't know why. <laughs> but we are thrilled to have her with us again. She hails from Phoenix, Arizona. Would you welcome Jessica McAvoy. <laughs> in space again, Jessica? Yeah, I love being here. Hi, guys. You all set? Do our banter. Go ahead, banter. Oh, banter, banter. I will introduce our next performer, a gentleman who has traveled a great distance to be here. He is, um, what can we say about a man who seemingly does it all? He is a tutor. He does guided ghost walks in his hometown just two things, on top of being an astrophysicist, a cellist, and a very gifted actor. And a grade A flirt. And a grade A flirt. All you gentlemen out there, watch yourselves around him. We are thrilled that he's joining us once again from his hometown in Ripon, England. Would you welcome, please, Mr. David Alt.
Hello, America. I no longer know what time it is, what day it is, where I am. It's just all one big... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was smart this year. I said Chicago land. Last year yes. I said Chicago, and I heard some snide remarks from the audience. Right, it wasn't good. Evanston is not Chicago. I remember it well. Indeed. Are you all adjusted, both professionally oh, I'll, and I'll, personally? I'm very well adjusted personally, David. Thank you very much. Perfectly confident in who I am. Wonderful. I, I'll arrange the metal boom in front of my mouth. Yes, and please do. And maybe you could assist this young lady who will be coming out shortly. I'll see what I can do. Our next performer was on tour with us last year. We're thrilled that she is back. She has a very versatile voice. She can play creepy, creepy children very effectively. She can play sultry vixens very creepy, very effectively. And recently she starred, or sort of starred, in one of the stories we did, which was called My Anime Body Pillow. <laughs> the role of a lifetime for her. I guess you could call what she did Foley as well a little bit. We are thrilled that she is back with us again. Would you please welcome, from Rochester, New York, Nicole Goodnight. There, I, uh, you clearly have fans of the anime body pillow. I felt so bad sending that file in. <laughs> Here's four takes of moans. Hope one of them's good. And our great producer, Phil Mikulski, is it true you charged him four ninety nine a minute to listen to Oh yeah, to that absolutely. <laughs> Well, all of us on stage were here last year, and uh, we are thrilled to have a rookie joining us this year. A rookie to us, to no sleep live, but she is anything but a rookie for the stage. She is a trained and very gifted actor. She uh, is a director. She has appeared in many, many productions. She has done Shakespeare. She has done it all. She is who we consider the woman of a thousand voices. She plays... She does a young American boy so authentically that it's genuinely unsettling. <laughs> she plays old ladies of any nationality. We have asked her over the time with the podcast to play a tree, an ice cream truck, and a parrot. And she does all of it wonderfully. We are thrilled that she's with us all the way from Buckinghamshire, England, Ms. Erica Sanderson. <laughs> We did a show in Houston, I'll tell you this little story. We had an opening act, and uh, when we came out, we had to do some adjustments, and David's stand was a little low, so Erica... I went into automatic stage management mode. Yes, she bent over, her head went behind the cloth here, and uh, was adjusting for David. And... Uh, There's a first time for everything. <laughs> it was quite the scene. 
let's just say I popped back up to extreme embarrassment when I realised what I'd done. And uh, everybody else started laughing. It was like, what? Oh. oh. And then I got the giggles and the show had to be stopped for about 30 seconds. It is true. And of course, well, I say of course, maybe you folks don't know, but in England today, it is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day. Oh. I should have just said it's Mother's Day and watched everybody panic. <laughs> Everyone starts texting. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Mom. Well, we've got three stories to do for you tonight that we hope you will enjoy. And we're going to start right now with a story by Michael Whitehouse, the great Scottish writer. Michael has uh, crafted scripts for every live show that we've ever done. So we're thrilled that he's back with us again. This story features two couples, tourists, traveling around seeing all the things that tourists see. And they're in a town, a town some of you might recognize. And they come upon a strange building that captures their imagination. And when they're given the chance to learn more about it, how could they resist? And so join us and join these two couples as they walk around seeing sights. George, stand over there by that statue for me, will you? Oh, not another picture, Carol. You'll wear your camera out at this rate. Would you please stop arguing with me? The light's perfect. All right. I can't believe we nearly missed this place. Oh, that's what I love about backpacking. Sometimes you discover a hidden gem. I think this town counts as that. It's got a charm to it. I'm starting to see why you love traveling around so much. <laughs> it took you long enough living in a town like this. Really? I mean, I like it and all, but I think it might be too small. I want to be able to buy a coffee at 3 in the morning, you know? I get the feeling everything shuts down here after 11. Oh, well, I think it's perfect. Plenty to do and see, but it hasn't lost its picturesque small-town feel. Life would be pretty relaxing here. I suppose it doesn't matter. I don't think I'll ever get my dream of living in a quaint little town near the coast. And why is that? Because where you live, I live, honey. And don't I know it. Seriously, though, I I'm glad you came with us this time. Hey, Ivy, you uh, might like this place more than you think. Check out that building over there. Now that's more like it. I should ask them for a job. And yeah, maybe I'll get my wish yet. I love the Art Deco sign. Wyndham Radio, straight out of the 1920s by the looks of it. Uh, you three pose under it. I want to get a few photos. We should start charging you modelling fees. No fees, George. Just a few photos for us to show our kids someday. You guys aren't having kids, are you? Oh, you kept that one close to your chest. Well, not yet. But we're thinking about it. I just have to... <clears throat> I just have to make sure that uh, Carol doesn't go flying around the country too much. No, it's a hard job being such a successful photographer. Yeah, but someone's got to do it. Oh, Sharon, look up at that building for me, will you? And George, for once in your life, would you smile, please? Have you got enough photos, Carol? Yeah, have you captured all these priceless moments yet? Yeah, I'm hungry. Looks like there are a couple of nice restaurants around here. Well, just a few more shots and then I'll buy you all lunch. Oh, Carol, come on. You're supposed to be on holiday. Oh, see that church down there? 
Yeah? Well, I want to get a few shots of it. It's been on my mind since we passed it earlier. Why? Well, when we walked by it, I noticed something a wee bit strange about it. Well, like what? Oh, come on, I'll show you. Here we are. And it's a church. A grotesque one by the looks of it. Look at those statues up on the ledge there and on the steeple. Oh, honey, gargoyles. They're called gargoyles. I know, I know. I may not have traveled the world, Ivy, but I'm not that stupid. So what's so special about this church, Carol? <laughs> yeah, take your photos already. I'm starving. Don't you notice anything strange about it? Well, it looks old. Exactly. It could do with the clean. The, the stonework's seen better days. Oh, look above the door between those two warped figures. 1328. Okay, so it's really old. And look at the engraving underneath the gargoyle by the window. Barchester. That rings a bell, Barchester. Um, Lake District? No, Bristol. Bristol. Oh, sorry. Barchester's a town in England. A friend of mine did a shoot there once. What I want to know is, what is a 14th century church from England doing here in Windarm? Hey, you got me. Maybe it's not from England. Maybe the date and name means something else. But I will admit, there's something about it. Like the steeple is leering down at us and those faces on the stone figures. I don't like this place, old or not. This church shouldn't be here. Your friend is quite right, you know. Jesus Christ, you scared the crap out of me. I'm terribly sorry, I didn't mean to. I was just listening to your friend's keen observations about the age and origin of the church. My name's Carol. I'm his wife, actually. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. Glad someone as eagle-eyed as you had the good fortune to walk by the old church. It doesn't get the attention it deserves these days. So you know something about the church? I should say so. I'm the caretaker for the old place. Would you like to see inside? Ah, we should be on our way. We were just about to get a bite to eat, and I'm then... sure we can spare a few minutes, Sharon. I'm kind of curious, too. Yeah, we'll be in and out, and then I'll buy you a lunch. See, you keep saying that, and yet my stomach is still empty. Yeah, well, uh, the sooner we're in, the sooner we're out. We'd love to come in and have a look around, if that's okay. Oh, I'd be delighted. Uh, this way, please. Come this way. This is the main hall. As you can see, while the church is no longer used for services, we've preserved it as much as possible. This place is great. I feel like I just stepped into the dark ages. Uh, empty stalls give me the creeps. And check out some of the stone figures up on the ceiling. They're just as bad as the ones outside. Why would someone make something like that? Hey, be respectful, guys. Oh, that's okay. The church is quite striking, one way or another. Do you mind if I take some photos? Oh, not at all. Oh, great. Hey, guys. Now Carol's in her element. Why don't we sneak back out into the sunshine? I heard that, George. I can't believe some of these stained glass windows. They're beautiful. Ah, yes. The sun really lights them up. The glass depicts the history of the church and was installed during the 17th century before it was moved. Moved? Yes, you see, the church was brought to Windarm some 300 years after its construction. 
the entire church? Why not just build one from scratch? Well, the people of Barchester took exception to the place, and those who used the church. It was almost ruined through vandalism, but thankfully, superstition kept it from being completely destroyed. Why would someone go out of their way to bring something so ugly here? Well, one of the founders of Windham Town was interested in history, and he knew of the Barchester Church. He bought it from the Church of England and organized for it to be transported back here piece by piece and then put together again. The church was restored to its former glory with the addition of the stained glass windows which tell a story or two about the building's origins and closely resemble accounts of the original glass. Yeah, that window over there is pretty graphic. I, I didn't think religious folk would allow something like like that. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, this window depicts the myth surrounding the church. And it's a bloody one by the looks of it. Mm, quite. Is that a... A beheading, yes. Oh, wow, they really didn't hold back on the blood, did they? It's, it's unsettling. Why is that, miss? I mean, apart from the obvious, it's, it's so detailed. It's like whoever made the glass saw this scene for real and then immortalized it up there. A photograph before there were photographs. It's as if it actually happened. Oh, it did happen. Jesus, really? <laughs> so who was beheaded? I can see the body, but no head. Well, his name was Dane. Uh, this window over here, you can see him working diligently before his untimely death. So he was a, a sculptor? Of sorts, yes. He gathered and manipulated clay and stone, making building materials for the people of Barchester during the early 1300s. But soon his mind turned to creating other things. That window. Dane looks like he's making a statue. Yes, miss, that's right. You see, he became renowned for his creations, many which appeared so vivid, so unearthly, that whispers spread against him, rumors, accusations, at a time when such claims could be fatal. Oh, Dane must have been accused of something terrible to have been beheaded like that. I mean, all those people watching, cheering on his executioner. Mm, he was accused of occultism dabbling in the dark arts and such. Many of his statues populated the streets of Barchester, even some gardens of its citizens. Soon, though, people claimed that the statues were too lifelike. Are, are there any of these statues left? I'd love to photograph them. Well, if you follow me downstairs, I can show you the remnants of his work. I don't know. I think I'm done with this place. It doesn't feel right. Go. Excuse my girlfriend's attitude. She doesn't get out much. Oh, that's quite all right. Even I feel that the church has a, an oppressiveness to it. One must spend extended time here to appreciate it fully. I'd really like to leave now. Yeah, I think I'll join you. Carol, have you got enough photos? Downstairs, are there really pieces of Dean's work still there? Yes, and I'm sure they would make for some fascinating images. Oh, I'm sold. Lead on. Carol. Not you too, George. Aren't you even slightly interested to see what's down there? Being in this church is enough, but being underneath it? <laughs> Don't like the sound of that. Let's go back outside. Well, you suit yourselves. I'm going downstairs to get a few shots and then I'll catch up with you later. All right, I'll go with you. You're not going to abandon me, are you, Sharon? 
Where I go, you go, remember? I guess so. Well, splendid. It's through these doors. Oh, steep steps. It's pitch black down there. We'll have to take some of these candles, as downstairs was never electrified there. Now, stay close to me. These candles should provide just enough light. Well, thank God my camera has a flash. Now, follow me, follow me, please. Don't wander off in the dark. It's easy to get lost. Oh, it's cold down here. Yes, yes, the, the stone walls of the crypt are meant to keep things cold. Crypt? Yes. Oh, here we are, here we are, yes, yes. Uh, this is the main chamber beneath the church. Look, in the alcoves along the walls. Some of them are empty, but somehow... Statues. They're huge, about eight feet tall by the looks of them. My God, they're behind us too. They're, they're everywhere. Nine statues in all. It was once hoped that each of these alcoves would be filled with examples of Dane's arts. Alas, this is all that remains. They look warped. Each of them like a person, but, but twisted somehow. I mean... What are they supposed to be? Well, they're people. At least how Dane himself saw humanity. These are the last pieces of his work in existence, sculpted by his own hand over 600 years ago. They were then transported here when the church was rebuilt long after his death. What happened to them? They look broken. Well, when the townsfolk accused Dane of dealing in the occult, an angry mob destroyed most of the statues. These few examples managed to survive, although, as you can see, three of them are missing a hand, a few have their faces broken in. Oh, it's a travesty against Dane's art. I have never seen anything like them. Well, stand back, everyone, while I take a few shots. Oh, what's the... Flush, Carol, you almost blinded me. Oh, don't be such a big baby. I'm nearly done. And these statues, these are why Dane was beheaded? Because he built them? Man, superstition sucks. It was superstition, yes, but mainly fear, the great motivator. When Dane was killed, the townsfolk were unconvinced that his evil had been washed away. Indeed, the legend has it that a mark remained on the ground where his blood had seeped from his neck. So they built this church on the spot where he was beheaded, built with one purpose, to keep Dane's legacy at bay. But some evils can never be covered up. Well, I suppose that explains the horrid gargoyles. I guess they were there to scare off anything that remained. Oh, indeed, indeed. But superstition waged its war as usual. Stories began being told, whispers. People claimed that something had tainted the church. Carol, I would love to have a beer right now and get out into the sunshine. Have you got enough photos? Look, just a few more. I can't believe I've never heard of this place. I've never seen anything like these statues that I could do an exhibition on them. Ivy, can we go now? In a second, there's one thing I'm a little confused about. Oh? If the town tried to destroy all of Dane's work, why didn't they finish the job? I mean, the ones down here are a little worse for wear, but they survived. Well, there were some who were admirers of Dane's work. They thought it sacrilegious for such craftsmanship to be destroyed. Some even dabbled in the occult themselves. 
uh, in secret, of course. So the place built to cover up Dane's legacy became a sort of shrine to him? Of sorts, yes. Fascinating. Please, can we go? Okay, okay, just one more shot. Wait. Did any of you see that? See what? I thought I saw one of the statues move. Don't be silly. Carol, are you okay? I... I thought I saw it too. Uh, you're both just seeing things. Let's get out of here before we're committed. <gasps> the candles went out. Oh, shit, I can't see a thing. Keep hold of my hand, Ivy. What the hell is that? Where's the caretaker? I'm still here, and here we shall all remain. This... this has to be a joke. What the hell is that noise? We've got to get out of here! Feel around for the stairs! It stopped! Carol, use the flash on your camera so we can see. I never did fully introduce myself. Who are you? <laughs> they built this place to contain me and my works. But the stain of my blood can never be erased. What statues each of you shall make. How will you flash? trying! My name is Dane. Welcome to my house. Carol! Got it! Oh God, the statues! They're moving! And here we shall all remain. by Michael Whitehouse. How many people recognized Windham Town from last year's Halloween special? Does anyone listen to the podcast? Yes. <laughs> I know none of you folks do. We, David. I always tease them because whenever I talk about a story on the episode, oh, I've never, I haven't listened to that one yet. So. We'd like to do our uh, main script for the evening, written by Elias Witherow. How many people are familiar with our audio adaptation that we did of Elias's story called Feed the Pig? This story takes place in that universe, in that afterlife, a strange, tormenting afterlife. And in this story, we meet two people. People who are desperate to learn more about what this strange afterlife is. This afterlife known as the Black Farm. And so they bring together three people who have just managed to survive the Black Farm. And they probe them for information they need to understand it better. And so let's join these five people. People who are desperately trying to escape the Black Farm.
They look scared. Well, of course they're scared. They've just been through a horrible experience. Look at them. They're an ugly lot, aren't they? Well, that's not very nice. You don't have to be nice to them. We do if we want to get any information out of them. I don't think the boss is going to be too pleased with us if we walk away from this with nothing to show. Oh, all right. I just still think we should do things my way, though. They're already shaken. Going in there red hot and flipping over the tables isn't exactly going to loosen their lips. Remember what they've just been through. They're confused and scared and have no idea why they're here. We need to be gentle. Well, that's not exactly my forte, is it, Jill? Miles! Oh, don't worry, Jill. I'll behave. I just don't know why I got stuck doing these interviews with you. Well, because the boss knows that you're a bit of a prick when it comes to human relations. Keep in mind, these people killed themselves, were sent to a dreadful afterlife, and managed to escape. The things that they went through on the other side have left them... Oh, well, hell, just look at them! I am looking at them. The two women seem to be handling it better than the man. What are the names again? I, not that I even care. April, Emma, and Ross. And watch your mouth when we're in there, will you please? Ross looks like he's about to lose his marbles. I just wish we could send them to Chamber 34 for processing. I hate having to step into the spotlight like this, even if the boss requested it personally. Do you ever do what you're told? I think so. Once. Oh, you're impossible! Don't you realise this is my ass on the line as well, you know? Mm, yes. Say, they, they can't see us through this glass, can they? Of course not. Have you never done this before? Well, this whole interview business is pretty new around here. Well, that's because of what happened on the mountain. I'm well aware of the situation. Look, are you going to be able to conduct yourself appropriately in there or not? We'll get what we need from them. As irritating as it is to have to do this, I understand the consequences. Good. Now, before we go in there, I want to hear what they're talking about. Getting a read on the room. That's smart. Should give us an idea of how to approach the conversation we're about to have. Well, I'm glad to see you're finally taking this seriously. I always was. I just wanted to see you sweat a little. I do that enough around you. <laughs> well... Okay, enough of the foreplay. Let's see what they're talking about, shall we? Yes, let's. Step back a bit for me. You're standing right in front of the speaker. Now I just have to turn this on and we'll have ears inside that room. Here we go. In a plain-faced room, walled in by one-way mirrors, a group of three sit around an empty table. Two women and one man. The man shifts uncomfortably in his metal chair and looks nervously around the barren room. Fluorescent light sputters overhead and illuminates his grim features. The two women seem equally unhinged. Confusion and paranoia cloud the still air. They don't know why they've been brought here. They don't know who is on the other side of the glass. And so they wait for something to happen. This is such bullshit. This can't be legal. Maybe we shouldn't talk until someone comes in here. Why? We were practically abducted. 
I was home for a day, a single day, before they rolled up to my house in their black vans. I know, April. They did the same to me. Yeah, me too. Christ, I didn't know what was going on. They were so insistent. I just went with them. And now I'm here with you two. This can't be a coincidence, right? I mean, I think we know what this is about. I don't want to think about that place. We just got back. There's so many things I need to make right. I, I, I keep pinching myself to make sure this isn't a dream and that we're actually out of there. We should be with our families right now. Agreed. But we're stuck here for now. Let's just answer whatever questions they have so we can get back to our lives. You really think this is about that place? The Black Farm? Don't. Please, just don't. Come on, Ross. 24 hours ago, we were dead. I know. But we're here now. I don't want to think about that place any more than I have to. They're going to ask us about it. That's why we're all here. They want to know about the Black Farm. It's the only thing that connects the three of us. Do you really think that these people are going to believe that there's an afterlife reserved for suicidals? People like us who killed themselves? What other explanation is there? We're all survivors and we all just returned. I just want to leave those nightmares in the past and begin to rebuild the damage I've done to my family. Uh, how are your arms, by the way? They're fine. It's like it never happened. We're sorry about that. If there had been any other way... You don't have to explain your actions. I was there. The important thing is that we all got out and made it back to our lives. Let's just get through this, answer whatever questions they have, and go home. It's what we fought for, right? You're a good man, Ross. We wouldn't be here without your help. We all did our part. We all fed the pig. Can I ask both of you something? Yeah, of course. Are you afraid? I know it's only been a day, but I, I can't seem to stop shaking. I was there longer than either of you. I saw more of the farm. I just worry that this fear will never go away. I worry I won't be able to live up to the second chance I've been given, you know? Of course I'm afraid. Every time I close my eyes, I can see that terrible island. I can hear those monsters chasing us through the woods. But I'm not going to let that stop me from making the most out of every single day. As terrible as it was, We've been given a second chance. I'm not going to waste that. It's not going to be easy. Nothing about this situation is, but if you ever need to talk, if you ever just need to be around someone that was there with you, don't hesitate to reach out. We're here for each other, just like we were on the farm, okay? Hello, everyone. Miles and Jill enter the room. The conversation dies immediately, and April glares at them as they walk to the table. Miles takes a seat, and Jill cautiously does the same. Ross stares at the floor, while Emma leans forward. Who are you? What is all this? There's no need to worry. We'll have you out of here in no time. We just need to ask you a few questions. You had no right invading our homes like that! Oh, I wouldn't call it invading. It was more like aggressive coercion practically kidnapped us. Yes, well, I'm afraid this is a matter of extreme importance and we feel that you three are best suited to help us on the matter. Who are you exactly? Well, we're an organization that is very interested in where you went after you killed yourselves. 
That's very blunt of you. I thought you wanted answers. No? Well, we can always leave and come back when you're ready. Okay, okay, let's just take a breath. We're on the same side. That I can't apologize enough for the way that we've handled all of this, but I cannot stress the importance of the situation. You want to know about the Black Farm? Didn't I just say that? So you know of its existence? Of course. Nasty place, isn't it? I'm so sorry for what you all went through, but I commend you, all three of you, for making it back alive. Most impressive. You have no idea what we went through. You're right, we don't. And that's why we're here right now. <laughs> to harvest us for information about the afterlife. Not just any afterlife, though. We want to know about the Black Farm, the third afterlife no one seems to be aware of. Most religions already provide teachings and information about the presence of heaven and hell. The details vary, yes, but they, they all agree on their existence. Can't seem to fucking agree on anything else, though. What do you want to know? We're curious about where you went, what you saw, and who you spoke to. Well, clearly you all fed the pig, otherwise you wouldn't be here right now. Hold on. We're not the first ones you've interviewed about the Black Farm, are we? We have spoken to others, yes, but, uh, but each, each suicidal's experience is so different from the last. And the fact that you actually went out into the farm before feeding the pig, well, I wouldn't call you lucky, but it's rare. It makes you three quite special. What do you know about the farm? What do you know about the pig? If you've already spoken to others, then we don't need to be here. Well, we know that the Black Farm is where God sends the souls of suicidals. We know that the pig was put in charge to rule over it all. When someone goes there, they're offered a choice. Stay at the farm or feed the pig. If you choose to feed, then there is a chance that the pig will send you back to Earth and you'll be given a second chance at life. Or the pig could send you to hell. We were never offered a choice when we arrived. What? Well, that's impossible. Everyone is. No, not us. After I um, extinguished my life, I woke up in the woods next to April. Well, that's concerning. Uh, there should have been a pigborn to take you to see Danny, the one who orchestrates the feedings. Uh, the pigborn are creatures birthed by the pig to do its bidding. They they hunt the they roam the black farm and hunt suicidals and sometimes you can we even know find... about the pigborn. Oh, fantastic! There's nothing fantastic about it. I'm sorry, but you seem to be completely immune to the trauma the three of us went through less than a day ago. But you all made it back. Why aren't you more exhilarated? Because we still had to live through it, you asshole. Miles, may I have a word? No need. Look, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. You just have to understand that it's quite an honor to be standing here with all three of you. So if my awe is, is misrepresented, misunderstood as, as rudeness, then I apologize. Uh, what you've all done is no small feat. You don't need to remind us of that. Yes, well, let's focus on your experiences and what happened, and then you can go home. Thank you. Yes, I don't like to be away from my family right now, especially after what I've done to them. Well, so, Emma and April woke up with no pig born in sight. That's very curious. You said they were supposed to take us to this Danny guy? Immediately? 
Yes, that's correct. You see, when someone kills themselves, they are reborn on the farm. Or, more specifically, they're spat out of the heavens and down onto the island. You are aware that the Black Farm is an island? We saw the ocean and the keepers. Yes, well, we'll get to them. Let's just stay focused on your arrival for now. So, when you land in the farm, the pigborn come to collect the new arrivals. They chain them up and drag them to the barn, where the pig is. There, you're interviewed by Danny, so you can choose your next course of action. Stay on the farm or feed the pig. And then the pink can send you back to Earth or to Hell. Well, we've been over all of this. It's nothing you don't already know. But I just wanted to make sure that we're all on the same page. We are. And you're right. That is what's supposed to happen. I'm just... I'm afraid there's something I need to confess. Oh? What is it, Russ? I was in the woods when I found these two. I had been on the farm already a long time. I had seen what the Pigborn did to us firsthand, how they hunted us, tortured us. Christ, a man can only take so much without pushing back, you know? When I saw Emma and April fall from the sky, you I killed the Pigborn, didn't you? The one coming to collect them? I was just so, so tired of it all. The whole process. I saw these two women and I spotted the monster coming to get them, and so I attacked it. I killed it before they even woke up. I split its fucking skull open with a rock. Jesus, Ross, are you telling me we could have avoided all that awful shit we went through and just gone directly to the pig? I'm so sorry. I was just so beaten down, so tired of being controlled by that place. I had to do something. Quite the hero, aren't we, Ross? Could have saved April and Emma a lot of trouble just by walking away. But you didn't. Now that's interesting. Rage is a powerful tool if used correctly. It wasn't rage. What would you call it then? I don't know. For the first time since I killed myself, I actually took a stand. I saw a hopeless situation and instead of cowering, I did something about it. Ross, why didn't you tell us? I was ashamed. Not because I killed the pig born, but because I did it for myself. Not you, not April. Well, let's not get too distracted. This is important. Please, Jill, let the man speak. Can't you see he's pouring his heart out? And you say I'm bad with people. Fine. Please continue, Ross. There was another reason I killed the pig born. You see, I had already made my choice to stay on the farm. I was, I was too afraid to face the pig. But after suffering at the mercy of that place for as long as I did, I wanted out. And I knew that if Emma and April still had to make their choice, then maybe I could tag along as well. Maybe, maybe I'd be given the same choice. You selfish son of a bitch. I am sorry. I'm not proud of what I did. But you have to understand, I needed out. That if I personally took you to the barn, then I'd be offered the same choice as you. Oh, that's not how it happened, though. You didn't take us to the barn. Not directly. That wasn't my fault. I had every intention to! Oh, it seems things are getting quite tense in here all of a sudden. Everybody just slow down. Miles, shut up! Why didn't you take them immediately to the barn? I can answer that. It's because those cultist freaks found us. Cultists. Now, are you there referring to the hooves of the pig? Oh, I wasn't around when they voted on their club name. Sorry. 
Were they exclusively male and wearing red cloaks? Yeah, that's them, all right. Yes, well, we've heard about that a lot, sir. They have a temple beneath the mountain, don't they? Yeah, but that mountain is gone. That whole side of the farm is nothing but scorched earth now. Oh, hold on, we're getting ahead of ourselves again. Let's let's backtrack. Um, Ross, you saw April and Emma fall from the sky. You killed the pigborn. What happened next? The horns started. The horns, I, I don't understand. Like we said, we were in the woods. I woke up confused and terrified. Emma was right next to me. We were total strangers, but there she was, looking just as scared as I did. After a moment, I saw Ross. He asked if we were okay. Emma was crying. And that's when we heard the horns. Were they nearby? Oh, yes. And they were getting closer. Now keep in mind, I had just killed myself. I was supposed to be dead. I had no idea where I was, what happened, or who these people were. So when Ross told me to stay low and keep quiet, I did as I was told. The first of many mistakes, it seems. I could hear a group of people making their way towards us. I couldn't see them, but they didn't try to mask their noise. And those horns. They were everywhere, surrounding us. Well, that must have been very frightening. Ross pressed us down and told us to keep our mouths shut. Soon we began to see them. Those cultists. It was their red robes that gave them away. Had they spotted you at that point? I don't know. But from the sounds of their horns, they were closing in. I looked behind me and saw more of them circling around us. That's when Ross freaked out. I knew what they were and what they wanted. I was just trying to keep us all safe. Ross told us to run, and so we did. As soon as we got up, the horns blared again. It was at that moment I knew we were screwed. Ross grabbed us both and we tore through the woods. And the cultists followed. How many would you say there were? About a dozen. They were in two separate groups. But once we fled, they all came roaring after us. They caught us anyway. Emma was lagging behind, and I slowed to help her. She was a mess. I was just so terrified. Hey, don't blame yourself. None of this is your fault. So let me get this straight. You risked your own capture to save a complete stranger? Yeah. You act like that's some heroic feat. It's just human. I'll take your word for that. I was leading the three of us. When I saw Emma fall behind, I knew we were doomed. These hooves, the cultists, well, they were closing in fast. They were yelling at each other, shouting instructions. They split up again and came at us from both sides. It wasn't long before they fell on us. How did you manage to stay alive, Ross? We've gathered some intel on this cult, and we know that they hunt the women of the farm for their rituals, but why weren't you killed? They didn't need you. I think they wanted me to join them. We'll get to that. They got to Emma and me first. One of those bastards socked me upside the head without even hesitating. I went down hard, and Emma came next. They were brutal. After they dealt with April, they grabbed me and threw me on the ground next to her. I hit my head so hard I saw stars. I tried to fight them. I swear I did, but it was one against 12. 
managed to get in one or two good hits before they swarmed me. Yeah, beat the shit out of you, I'd imagine. Let's just say I can still taste blood in my mouth. Did they say anything to you? Not really. They were too busy tying us up. They didn't say anything at all? This could be very important. Even the slightest comment could reveal something to us about them. They said something to me while they were hiking us back to the temple. What was it? Think carefully. One of them whispered in my ear. He told me I would make a pretty vessel. I didn't know what he was talking about. I didn't find out until later. Yeah, when they took us into the basement. A vessel? Miles? Uh, beats me. Something to do with their rituals, perhaps? I thought you knew all about that. We know that they conduct some kind of ritual at their temple, but we haven't been able to decipher what it is exactly. They were going to impregnate us. Those sick fucks were obsessed with the pig. They revered it like a god. They worshipped it. And they wanted to create life that would mirror its image as perfectly as they could. Well, this is a new revelation. And a fairly disturbing one at that. Do I dare ask who the daddy was to be? They were going to use a pig boy. Yeah, but that never happened. So can we please stop talking about it? Can't you see these women have been through enough? Hey, don't use us to cover your own cowardice. You weren't the one who got us out of that horrible place. I was. Christ, they had beaten me half to death. We didn't need saving, Ross. So allow me to backtrack the story just a little here. Uh, before you got to the cult's temple, where did they take you? Through the woods first. Of course, I had no sense of geography at that point. I didn't know there were two sides to the island. I had never wandered over to that part of the farm before. I'd heard terrible things about it from the other suicidals. Something about a cave and a, a field of needles. But when you crossed through the woods onto the other side, what did you see? It was a wasteland. That's new. They led us toward this ruined mountain. It looked like it was crumbling down on itself, like there had been a massive avalanche or something. Where was the temple, then? Well, it was nestled against the side of the mountain, if you could even call it that anymore. I'm telling you, there's nothing else over there now. The, the earth looks like it had been burned to hell or something. This must be why we lost contact with our man. Miles, shut up! Wait a second. You had an agent on the farm? Oh, damn it, Miles. Oh, who cares if they know? To answer your question, yes, we had a man on the inside. Unfortunately, he was stationed on that mountain, the mountain that doesn't seem to be there anymore. Is that why you kidnapped us? To replace a lost connection? For the last time, we did not kidnap you. Uh, can we please stay on course? We're talking about the cultists right now. What do you want to know about them? When they brought you into the temple, did you happen to see exactly how many of them there were? I don't know. About 20. Now that seems low. Well, Jesus, I was a little preoccupied to get an exact head count. You know, on account of getting my face smashed in a couple dozen times. I think Ross is right. There were 20 of them. When we arrived, they separated us. They took April and I to the basement. I don't know what they did with Ross. I was brought to a room. It looked like some kind of living quarters. I remember the room smelled like ash. Hell, the whole temple did. The place reeked of it. Did they torture you? What? No. 
No, they, they cleaned me up. They washed the blood from my face and tended to my wounds, gave me fresh water to drink. It was, it was like I was one of them. They were trying to recruit you then? Yeah. One of them came into the room and spoke to me about their organization, told me I should join them. And what did you say? I told them to fuck off. Oh, so you do have a pair of balls. You know, for a while there, I wasn't sure. Look, from the moment the women were taken away, I vowed to get them out. Yeah, so you could use us to escape the farm. What the hell do you want from me? We made it out, didn't we? Jesus Christ, don't act like you're some sort of saint or something. Or are you forgetting what Danny made you do to me? What you willingly did to me? I haven't forgotten. And I'm not trying to hide it. We just haven't gotten there yet. Stop it, you two, please. If we keep arguing like this, it's going to take even longer than I'd like. I already feel like we've been here too long. Well, once our hero had been taken away from us, we were dumped in a cell in the basement. I don't know how long we were down there. I knew what they wanted us for. And I was not going to let that happen. How did you manage to escape, then, if the pair of you were locked up? I, um, I seduced one of them. Oh, now we're getting to the juicy bits. You fucked one of the cultists? Well, not exactly, no, but I told him I wanted to. I, he was guarding our cell while the rest of the cultists prepared for whatever they wanted to do to us. <laughs> I can't believe he fell for it. He was a recent member. I know that because the others told him that he had to keep watch something about being the bottom of the totem pole. Well, once we were alone, I saddled up to the bars and acted like I was scared, which I was. But once we got talking, I told him I needed someone like him to protect me, like, like he could make me feel safe, like he could be my hero. It didn't take long to get him to open up the cell. What a rube. Not a rube, just a man. As soon as he opened the door, I went for his throat. And I was happy to watch. You killed him. I didn't think about it, just once I sunk my teeth into his neck. Wow. You don't need to know the details. I killed him, yes. Once I did, we ran for the stairs. That's when we saw Ross. What were you doing there? Well, despite my refusal to join them, the cultists continued to try to sway me. One of them was taking me downstairs to see something or someone. Not quite sure. They mentioned something called the Son of the Swine. Well, that sounds like the aftermath of some of their breeding. Some sort of mutated hybrid, perhaps? Did you ever see this Son of Swine? No. No, as we were descending the stairs, we ran into April and Emma. Before the cultist could react, I slammed his head against the wall, and then I did it again and again. Stop breathing. Surely somebody must have heard all of this. Oh, they did. When we reached the top of the stairs, they were coming, but they froze when they saw us. When they saw the blood on Ross and April. I think it bought us just enough time to run. I don't think I've ever run so hard in my life. Or afterlife, I guess. And you got away? We did. Honestly, it was a miracle we made it. There was a lot of open ground between us and the woods. Not a lot of places to hide. They were hot on our tail, but something happened. Something came out of the woods, headed right for us. Pigborn? No, no, it, 
I'd never seen anything like it before. I'd heard of its existence on the farm, some new abomination. The suicidals called it the Maw. I've never heard of such a thing. What was it? It was hideous. When it emerged from the woods, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was this massive pig snout about 10 feet long. The jaw was still intact. The severed neck folded in on itself. Coming out of its nostrils were two terribly long arms that ended in hooves. It used them to move around and to pull itself along the ground. And I know it doesn't sound like it, but that thing could move. What an upsetting discovery that must have been. You could hear it cracking its teeth together. The mouth would open and then snap shut over and over again. I feel like I can still hear it. And this thing, uh, the moor, it came at you? Did it attack? Well, when we saw it, we split off toward a different part of the woods. But the cultists weren't so lucky. Since they were trailing us, the creature got to them first used its hooves to launch itself forward, half dragging, half heaving itself for them. They didn't stand a chance. It fell on the cultists like a storm. I made the mistake of looking back just as we entered the woods. Gruesome, I'm sure. The monster had three cultists in its mouth. Those massive jaws were like bear traps. While it chewed on them, its hooves flailed out, stunning the others. And then it pulled them into its mouth as well. There was so much blood, so much screaming. As awful as it was, it allowed us to escape. The end always justifies the means, eh, Ross? No one's gonna mourn those bastards. Besides, you and I both know that when you die on the farm, you're just spit back out of the clouds to begin the cycle anew. Those cultists died before our eyes, but they weren't gone. Miles, could we step outside and have a word? Have I been misbehaving? Miles, please. Now. Are we done here? Uh, Can we finally go back home? Uh, not quite. There's just something I need to speak with my associate and check on something. We'll be back in just a tick, April. Don't worry, you'll be done very soon. Jill and Miles exit the room, leaving the three survivors to sit in sullen silence. The two re-enter the familiar observation station with the one-way mirror. Jill seems concerned as she turns to Miles. What the hell is this creature? The Moor? Have you ever heard of it before? No, I can't say that I have, and I wouldn't forget something that monstrous. Well, why is this the first time we're hearing about it? Well, because it's probably new. I can't help but wonder what the pig is up to. What do you mean? Well, think about what they said it looks like. Uh giant pig snout. Exactly. Is it possible the pig is trying to reproduce itself? Well, why the hell would it do that? Because it's sick. What are you talking about? It was in the files I was given before this assignment. Uh, we learned a little while ago that the pig is inexplicably sick, possibly dying. And so it's trying to birth itself. Well, I'm not saying I'm, I understand the process, but... Yeah, it seems like something it would try, right? It's responsible for birthing the pig-born, so why not itself? If you're right about this, there could be massive repercussions. <laughs> you don't need to tell me. If the pig can create a being as powerful as itself, things could get very messy. Well, we don't need to have that conversation yet. It sounds as if the pig is still trying to perfect the process. Well, yes, but 
How long before it can produce more than just its snout? We're going to need to tell the boss. And we will. But not yet. There's still information we need to get out of those three. Yes, I want to know about the keepers. Well, let's just be careful. They're already on edge. It's not like they have any choice. Maybe they need a reminder of how urgent this thing is or could be. What about the cultists? Are you worried about them? No. No, I'm not. It, it seems like their presence on the farm, the farm is even less than it was before. They're a harmless bunch, at least to us. Their, their main focus is the pig. This son of swine is just some fucked up pig born. Nothing that could upset the balance of the afterlife. Should we mention it in our report? I wouldn't waste his time. All right. You ready to go back in? Sure. Sorry to keep you waiting. You two deciding what to do with us? Oh, we were just cross-checking something. Uh, something you told us. It was about the moor, if you must know. Yeah? That thing means something to you? Uh, perhaps, but I'd like to move on now, if that's all the same to you. You know what? I'm not sure it is. We've been sitting here for a while now, and we still don't know who you people really are. Well, I'm afraid that's going to have to remain uh, obscure. Not that I want to hide the fact, but I just think it's better for everyone if you just don't know. How much longer is this going to take? Oh, we're nearly finished. There's just one or two things we need to inquire about. Oh, yeah? And what do we get out of it? What do you get? You get to broaden our knowledge about the Black Farm. You're pioneers from a strange, unknown world. You're at the forefront of discovery. Isn't that enough? I'm afraid that's just not cutting it for me. And do all three of you feel like that? This whole thing just feels... Oh. I'm with them on this. I don't like being kept in the dark about what you people are really up to. Well, what makes you think we're up to anything? Why else would you take us out of our homes the way you did? People who just want to broaden their knowledge don't kidnap people! Here we go again. This may be a tough pill for you to swallow, but we really just want to gather intel about the Black Farm. The man who runs this organization is a very curious person, and he pays us very well to sit here with you. Yeah? Well, I think we should be compensated for having to relive this shit. Fine. We'll give you 300 grand each. Really? Fuck no. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, but my patience is wearing thin. Could we all please get back to what happened? Your patience is getting thin? Are you kidding me? April. Shut up, Ross. Why are you so complacent about this? Why are both of you? I'm not, but shouldn't we just get through it so we can get back to our families? Yes. Just settle down, April. We're almost at the end. Don't tell me to settle down! And why should we give them anything else? They haven't given us shit! Not even a straight answer about who they really are! Look, I'm sure we can work out some form of compensation for you afterwards. Do you think I'm stupid? Is that it? You people aren't going to give us anything once you have what you want. Yes, you're right. So relax, sit down, and let's finish the story. Trust me, I don't want to be here any more than you do. <gasps> there, see? We've reached a common ground. Now we can relate to one another. Don't you ever tell me what to do! Jesus, April, you're just prolonging the inevitable. Oh, isn't that just like you, Ross? Always the coward. Always afraid to stand up for yourself. Always doing what you're told. That's why you killed yourself. And that's why you ended up on the Black Farm for so long. Because you're chicken shit. Don't push it, April. I'll push it however I want. Bitch, down! <sighs> 
Are we done? Has everybody finally got that out of their system? When I get out of Oh, file your complaints later, but for now, can we please get on with it? I can start. Thank you, Emma. We had just escaped the mall and gone back into the woods. Everyone was pretty exhausted at this point. Ross, April, is that how you remember it? Yeah. Yeah, we managed to lose it, thanks to the cultists. Whatever. Yeah. The Ma ate them. Serves the bastards right. I was shaking all over by the time we reached the woods. Ross was leading us. I remember wanting him to slow down so I could catch my breath. Our hero, leading the way to safety. I bet he felt real proud saving two helpless women. Didn't you, Ross? Of course I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about you two at that point. Typical. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, for the first time since I got to the farm, I just, I wanted a cigarette. I wanted one in the worst kind of way. You used to smoke. Yeah, when I was alive or before I killed myself. That's a nasty habit, old boy. Wow, I'm so glad somebody finally shown me the light. Do you feel better now? Yes, I do, actually. Anyway, eventually Ross did stop. I was so exhausted I could hardly see straight. April is at my side. I remember listening to her breathing and feeling better about myself. Oh, screw you. Hey, I'm not trying to be mean. It was comforting, almost. Did you have a plan, Ross? Somewhere where you were taking them? No. No, what happened next was purely accidental. And that would be... We reached the beach. If I hadn't been so tired, I would have gone for a swim. Just to wash the muck off me. The stink of that temple. Yes, that would not have been a good idea. Yeah, we know. I told them about the water. I told them why we couldn't go in it. The keepers. Yes, the keepers. Not only that, but the water will numb all the sensation in your limbs. After a couple of minutes, you lose control of them and... If you're lucky, you drown. If you're not, the keepers would get you. To be clear, when we arrived at the beach, we didn't see them. April and I didn't even know what they were. Yeah, right. Once we made sure no one was around, we sat down and tried to recover. It was then that dear Ross here finally explained what the hell was going on. Emma and I still had no clue as to what this awful place really was. Everything had happened so fast. You told them about the pig. Yeah. They didn't believe me at first. It wasn't easy for them to accept that we were actually dead. Or whatever dead meant in a place like that. When he told us that in order to escape, we needed to feed the pig, I was horrified. There was just no other way, though. That's when I told them about my intentions. That's when you told us some of your intentions, you liar! The end game remained the same. Feed the pig, get off the farm. After some very confused conversation, they agreed to continue. It's not like we had much of a choice. You were the only person who appeared sane and knew what the hell was going on. We were at your mercy. You fed them just enough information to paint yourself as the man with the plan, eh, Ross? I was just trying to get us all out of there. Yes, we've been over that, but what about the keepers? Like I said, we didn't see them. Not at first. The three of us were so exhausted that we kind of fell asleep. <laughs> you 
I'm being serious. It wasn't intentional. But Jesus, man, after all we went through, is it really such a stretch that we were dead tired? Well, I, I, I suppose not. It just, it just seems like a, a bit of a foolish thing to do. Right out in the open like that. She said it wasn't planned. It just happened. Oh, are you sticking up for her now, Ross? Are you trying to worm your way back into her good graces? Do you ever stop talking? I've heard it's boring. Look, we know it wasn't smart, but it happened, okay? When we woke up, that's when we saw the Keepers for the first time. Thankfully, I woke up first and managed to slam a hand over Emma's mouth before she screamed. Not that I blamed her. I remember the first time I saw those terrible stone giants traversing the ocean. It was awful. What did they look like? I thought you already knew what they looked like. We do, but we want to make sure that our records match. Humor me, please. One of them was just standing at the water's edge, just staring at us. It didn't move. It looked like a statue rising hundreds of feet into the air, except for the glyphs on its body. Those moved, or seemed to move. They pulsed with blue light, kind of like a lighthouse, you know? It looked like this massive stone golem, except instead of a head, there was this titanic cross that was just shoved between its shoulder blades. I'll never forget that. The sound of the suicidals as they swung from those cross beams. It looked like one of those public hangings you see in old West movies. Except for the people were alive, and they were screaming. You're lucky you didn't go into the water, or you would have been put up on that cross as well. And the keepers, they keep you alive. Once you're strung up from there, there's no coming down. Not ever. I don't think Russ told us that part. We're already rattled. There's no need to add to it. What did the keeper do when you woke up? Nothing. It just stared at us. At least at first. We couldn't have been more than 20 yards away from it. Its size was incredible. Horrible. And the chain swinging from its head. All those people. I couldn't stop staring at them. It was like I was paralyzed. We all felt like that. I had never seen one up close before. It chilled me to the bone. Can I ask you through something? From the intel that we've gathered, we understand that there are 13 keepers in total who patrol the waters surrounding the Black Farm. They stop the suicidals from reaching whatever it is that lies past the ocean, or at least that's the general consensus. So what's your question? What do you think they're guarding? Isn't that something you people should know? I'm not saying we do know or we don't know. I'm asking you what you think. What the hell does it matter? No one can swim in that foul ocean. Well, there are other ways to brave the waters. Not too long ago, we heard a rumor about a group that had built a raft. We're not quite sure what happened to them. What kind of idiot would try something like that? Oh, one man's foolishness is another man's bravery. Oh, that's cute. Did you read that in a fortune cookie? You're avoiding my associate's question, April. <sighs> what do I think is out there? Past the 13 keepers? Hell, I don't know. And I don't care! Yes, but do you think it's another way off the farm? Something important has to be out there. What makes you say that? Because you don't have guards standing watch over an empty vault. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Something is out there past the ocean. Something the farm doesn't want the suicidals to see. I don't know if it's necessarily a way out, but there's something of great importance out there. Interesting. 
We think so too. We just haven't been able to reveal what exactly. What does this have to do with anything? Or are you just wasting our time again? You know the saying, curiosity killed the cat? Well, April, if you were a cat, I'm convinced that you would be immortal. You know you're terrible at this, right? Oh, I'm terrible at a lot of things. Oh, I'm sorry, was that supposed to make me feel bad? Jesus, how old are we here? Can you two shut up so we can get on with this? I would like nothing more. I can continue if everyone is done bickering. Whatever, Emma. Do what you want. The floor is yours again, my dear. The beach, we... We were on the beach staring up at that awful stone titan. Ross had his hand over my mouth. I remember trying to scream. I was so scared. The keeper watched us completely unmoving. My eyes traced up the length of it, the glyphs that were on its body, the way they pulsed it. It made it look like it was breathing. And that's when we heard something roar across the horizon. More like a groan. It was loud though, like Ross said. I slammed my hands over my ears and shut my eyes. I looked behind, behind the keeper, and I saw something I'll never forget. It was two more keepers, but, but one of them looked dead. Dead? Yeah, dead. It was slung across the other one. It was like it was taking it somewhere. The dead one looked like it'd been hit by a bomb or something. One of its arms was gone, and the whole left side of its body was charred black. The glyphs were dark as well. And the one carrying it, you think it was taking it somewhere? It sure looked that way. Why else would it be carrying it like that? Why not just let it sink to the bottom of the ocean? It wasn't just that, either. The way it sounded, the drones it emitted, it, it sounded so sad. And then it sounded furious. on the farm. Something that affected the keepers. It's just something I noticed during my time there. It was just a sense I got. Yes, well, we have our theories about that. But we're not here to talk about theories. We're handing over information willingly. And you're not even going to clue us in? Oh, careful, April. That almost sounded like curiosity. Just answer the damn question. Like Miles said, we have our theories. We had a man on the Black Farm gathering intel for us when suddenly, unexpectedly, all communication was cut off. We don't know what happened, but I agree with Ross. Something big happened on the Black Farm. Well, that's why you're here. That's why we have to ask you these questions. We're just trying to gauge the atmosphere and make sure everything isn't spiraling out of control. We have no idea how powerful the pig is, and we want to make sure it's not going to do something that's going to put all of us in danger! There. Are you happy now? I probably said way too much, but there you are. Thank you. About time someone was honest. And I can honestly say that I wouldn't have told you all that. Of course you wouldn't. Well, if you're worried about the keepers, I don't know what to tell you. They didn't do much after that. The one carrying its dead brother disappeared over the horizon and we lost sight of it. What about the one at the water's edge? We never touched the water so it had no claim over us. So you it... walked away? Why on earth would we stay? Yes, we left. Ross led us further down towards the barn. Or so he said. Yeah, 
He led us right into a cluster of pigborn. They spotted us on the beach. I didn't lead you to them. Come on. Regardless, once they saw us, they hauled us our way. How many would you say? I counted five. So you were outnumbered? We were still skirting the ocean when they heard their roars. They were charging us from the inland. I thought we were goners. They weren't terribly far away and we had nowhere to run. Or so we thought. Yes, Ross. You saved us poor damsels again. I didn't save you, I just got lucky. I'm confused. Ross spotted a hole in the beach. A tunnel leading beneath the farm. The entrance was covered in sand, so it didn't exactly stick out. But Ross did see it. Oh, get off his crotch. Give the man some credit. Yes, he's a selfish bastard for doing what he did, but God, April, wouldn't you have done the same? This man owes us nothing, so cut him a little slack. Thank you, Emma. Shut up, Ross. You know, it warms my heart to see you three really bond over this traumatic experience. Go to hell. I am going to lose my mind if we can't stay on track. Can we, please? Not my fault. How noble of you, Ross. Oh, that's enough, both of you. Shut up! If you won't tell the story, I'll just continue. Oh, careful, Emma. I'm starting to like you. <sighs> the Pickborn were gaining on us as we pushed further into the tunnel. It wasn't a big tunnel, but we could all stand up and run single file. Ross was in the front, and I was in the rear. The deeper we ran, the darker it got. Soon we couldn't see anything. But we could hear the pigborn behind us, coming for us. Such an awful feeling. Since I was in the lead, and since we had plunged into total darkness, I couldn't see where I was going. I didn't know if I was about to run face first into a wall or if the floor would give way. But we had to keep going because we could hear the pig born behind us. It was disorienting. Everything echoed so loudly that we had no way of knowing how close they actually were. I was convinced that at any moment I'd feel something claw at my back or grab at my throat. I held on to April, who was in the middle, and shuffled along as quickly as I could. But after a couple minutes, the noise stopped. Suddenly all we could hear was the sound of our own footsteps. In the pitch black, I'm not sure what was worse. Knowing that they were behind us or hoping that they weren't in front of us. I navigated the tunnel as best as I could with my hands. We kept running into splits and I had to guess which path to take and pray that it led us out of there. What happened to the pig bone that were chasing you? We found out a couple of seconds later. I heard it first. The clacking of giant teeth. The snorting. That awful dragging sound. The maw followed us. I don't know if it killed the pigborn or if they simply fled, but whatever. They were gone. And it was coming for us now. I tried to get Ross to run faster. Since I was in the rear, I knew that I was in the most danger. I could hear it clicking its massive teeth together just a couple of passages away. But since it was completely dark, I had no idea of knowing how close. Mercifully, that's when we spotted the light. It was just a wedge of gray sky. It was enough to convince me that we weren't going to die in those claustrophobic tunnels. We rushed for it, and as we did, the sky grew. The Maw knew we were close to escaping, and it started to come for us much faster. Yeah, but not fast enough. We reached the exit and got out, and just got out there as quick as we could. Since I was in the rear, I looked back as we reached the surface. 
The mall was using its arms to pull itself along the walls of the cave at a tremendous speed, especially for something of that size. But that was the problem. The walls narrowed, and the creature was trapped inside. I turned back to grab Emma's hand, and when I did, I saw its arm reach through the gap for us. But it couldn't come any closer. We had outrun it. What a harrowing detour. The Moors seemed intent on reaching you. I wonder, do you think that was intentional or just pure chance? Are you asking us if the Maw was knowingly hunting us? Yes, that's exactly what I'm asking you. How am I supposed to answer that? I don't know. I think the Maw is aimless. Judging by the way it behaves, I would say it isn't even aware of its own existence. It's just some twisted mutation that happened to find us. Twice. Well, that's good to know. When you left the tunnels, where did you find yourselves? At the barn. It was right there in front of us. I'd never seen it before, and the size of it paralyzed me. Ross didn't have to say anything. I knew what it was. I knew it was inside. The pig. The end of our journey. Not quite. There was someone we had to talk to first. Danny. Yeah. By chance, he was outside about to head in. He heard us approaching and tore towards us. On sight, I knew I wasn't going to like him. Yes, I've heard he's a little rough around the edges. Hates the suicidals despite being one himself. He just changed sides and serves the pig now. What is his story? No, honestly, I'm not entirely sure. Well, regardless, he marched right over to us with a scowl on his face. He demanded to know who we were and what we were doing lurking around the barn. I explained to him that we were new to the farm and that we wished to feed the pig. I told him what had happened and how we had never been given a choice. He knew she was telling the truth, too. What do you mean? Well, Danny is the one who brings the suicidals up to date when they first get to the farm. He's the one who informs them that they're actually dead. And then he gives them a choice. He knew Emma was telling the truth because he'd never seen her before, or April. But he knew you. Yeah. I hoped he wouldn't, but he doesn't forget a face. He hates us too much. So, how were you allowed to feed the pig with April and Emma? Because Danny is a sadistic bastard? He told me if I wanted to join the women, then I would have to pay a price. Well, I'm going to go ahead and assume it wasn't anything pleasant. Danny made April and I break his arms. Well, that's sadistic, all right. What choice did I have? We'd come so far already, and... After taking a moment to collect myself, I agreed. I laid down on the ground with Emma and April standing on either side of me. You get the rest. Crack, crack, scream. Something like that. When the deed was done, Danny allowed us inside. And we met the pig. Now, this is very important to us. When you were brought before the pig, what did it look like? How did it act? It was just a massive pig, a a mammoth creature that towered over us, wheezing, snorting, drooling. It didn't seem well. It looked sick. Sick? How? It kept 
coughing, and it seemed like it was having a hard time breathing. Its eyes rolled wildly in its head. It seemed disoriented. Its cheeks were ragged too, like they had been burned with acid or something. This awful green ooze dripped out of its mouth every time it exhaled. I don't know, it just looked really fucked up. But it was coherent enough to consume you. It, it knew what it was doing. It hadn't lost its mind. It was still alive and sane. I don't know how to answer that. This demigod eats people and digests them into another reality. I don't know if I would call that sane. Who went first? I did. I knew that if I had to stand there and watch Ross and April that I would lose my nerve. I had to go first. We stood back a little while Danny went and spoke quietly to the pig. After a moment, he ushered us forward. We were standing so close to its titanic snout that I could feel its foul breath blast across my face. It was hard not to throw up. And then it opened its mouth. I can't explain the fear of that moment as, as I looked into that cavernous abyss. I knew that if I wanted out, that I was going to have to crawl inside of that thing. And so you did. Yeah. I closed my eyes and climbed inside. I was shaking so hard that I almost fell back out. The pig lifted its head once I was fully encased between its teeth. I felt its bloated tongue wriggle beneath my body. And then it began to chew. We don't need any further details on that. Pain was just a word up until this moment. You truly can't imagine what it was like before the darkness mercifully came for me. I went next. Listening to Emma scream from inside its mouth was... I don't think I'm ever going to forget how that sounded. And then I went last. Because my arms were broken, it took me longer to get inside. It took me longer to reach the back of its throat. And it took me longer to die. I don't want to think about those moments. How absolutely terrible that must have been for all of you. When I woke back up from the darkness, I was back at my home. Back here. Same goes for me. And me. The relief I felt just shook me so completely that I immediately began to weep. I didn't stop for a long time. Coming back from a place like that, there's, there's nothing to compare it to. I can understand your euphoria. From what I'm told, since the Black Farm is timeless, when you awaken, it's as if no time has passed at all since your death. Yeah. It was like I had merely fallen asleep for a second. I must say, this has been quite the story. And the story is done now. You know everything that happened. You, you know what we saw, what we went through, how we got back. We've given you everything that you've asked for. So let us go home now. Yeah, I'm going to have to insist on that as well. I've spent far too much time away from my family as it is. I'm afraid that's going to be impossible. Excuse me? I said that's going to be impossible. What the hell are you talking about? What more do you want? But nothing. We have everything we need from you. Well, so then let us go home. I need to see my kids. Your children aren't here, Ross. What the fuck does that mean? Well, where do you three think you are right now? I don't know. You're the ones who brought us here. Well, that's where you're wrong. One of you better start talking some goddamn sense. We never brought you here because here isn't where you think it is. We never took you from your homes because your homes aren't here. 
pig didn't send you back to Earth. It sent you here, to our home. Oh, you don't mean... Welcome to hell. No, that's impossible! I saw my husband! I was with him after I made it out! Oh, did you like that part of the production? Oh, that was Miles' idea. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it seemed to work out in the long run. Give people something to hope for and they'll give you anything in order to acquire it. No. No, I saw my family! I was with them just a little while ago! You saw what we wanted you to see. You see, the beauty of hell is that it can take any form that its masters desire. We presented you with a scenario in which you'd be eager to offer up information in order to get back what you desired most. Your life, your family, and above all, a second chance at it all. This is impossible. Oh, it's very possible, and it's very real. You'll never see your families again. Stop. Stop this! You three are never getting back to Earth. In fact, I think it's about time to introduce you to your new living quarters. I don't believe you. This isn't real! Oh, it's real, April. Miles stands and goes to the door. He opens it and loudly calls down the hall. After a moment, three figures join him. Ross, Emma, and April's eyes go wide as the new arrivals enter the room. Miles grins as horror paints their faces. The three figures are long and humanoid in shape. They appear as wisps of dark smoke. Their long arms wavering out before them. Inside the smoke, there are faint traces of burning embers. The three demons approach the trio of suicide. Take them away to chamber 34. We're done with them. What are those things? Stop it! Get away from me! can't do this to us. We've given you everything. And we appreciate it. You've been a really great hell. The boss is going to want to hear all about this. I hope you two burn for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, April. We already do. Simultaneously, Miles and Jill's bodies flicker to reveal their true forms. Emma screams openly as she gazes on their bloody, burned flesh, their cold, demonic eyes, and their long, snarling fangs. Miles chuckles, and black blood drips from his torn lips. Not what you were expecting, huh? We don't deserve this! We don't deserve this! Goodbye, you three. I can honestly say I'm glad I never have to lay my eyes on you ever again. Not forever and ever. Think about that as you are led to your eternal resting place. Enjoy Chamber 34. I hear it's a particularly nasty world. <laughs> Kicking and screaming, the three suicidals are dragged away. The horror of their situation grows with every step away from the room. Jill rubs her bloodshot eyes as the howls fade down the hallway. Miles sighs and takes a seat across from her. Well done, old sport. Oh, I thought that would never end. Bloody hell, they love to be oh. her. I nearly lost my shit in there at the end. Still, I think we make a great team. Oh, good, because we're not done yet. Well, what do you mean? There's more we have to interview. More suicidals. Mm -hmm. But what we learned from those three is invaluable. We need to tell the boss about the pig sickness. 
He's going to want to know the extent of its decline. Mm, yes. Based on what we heard today, do you think hell is going to need to intervene? Do you think the balance is still intact? Are you asking me if I think the pig is going to try and extend its reach beyond the farm? No, I don't think so. Well, not in its current state. If it is trying to reproduce itself and can only manage a brainless snout, then I think we're all right for the moment. That's true. Still, we need to keep our ear to the ground. I feel as if things could change at any moment. The pig is an unpredictable monster. Who knows what it'll try next? Which is exactly why we need to keep interviewing these suicidals. Uh, I suppose you're right. Are you ready for the next round? What, now? Yes, Miles, now. Fine. Just... Let me be the bad cop this time. You're always the bad cop. <laughs> what can I say? It's in my nature. David, I'd make sure you go to heaven. Sounds even ominous. Oh, yes. Well, thank you for coming to hell with us. In our final tale tonight, we're going to do a script written by... What's this name? Jimmy Jolly... Jim... Oh, I'm sorry. Jimmy Juliano, is that something like that? No, it's a gentleman by the name of Jimmy Giuliano who is here tonight. <laughs> Jimmy has written some, uh, some great stories that we've done on the podcast. The, the Red Light in the Warehouse... Mary Hillenbrand cassette, Uncle Jerry's Family Fun Zone. Amazing stories. And this one tonight involves technology, some of the latest, trendiest technology. I think they're called home assistants. You're familiar with devices like Alexa and Siri. You've probably heard on the news recently about how there are Alexa devices that just randomly start laughing in the middle of the night for no reason. <laughs> Truth is stranger than fiction. In this story, we meet a man and his two co-workers. They've just come home from an office party. And we learn how this man has a rather strange connection with his home assistants. And his two co-workers discover just how diabolical that connection is. And so, we encourage you folks that if you want to get one of these devices, by all means, Alexa's great, Siri, but please try to avoid a device known as Piper.
I appreciate you two giving me a ride home. These company get-togethers can be a little unruly. Oh, we're happy to do it. You are our fearless leader, Mr. Swanson. When you say jump, we say let's give this man a ride home so he doesn't get another DUI. Jesus, Adam! <laughs> Kurt, but accurate. And we're not in the office right now, so call me George. Sure thing, Georgie. George. Right. <laughs> Say, would you like to come in for a little nightcap? <laughs> Can't remember the last time I've had people over, probably since before Barbara passed. I'd appreciate the company. Oh, yeah, I'd better to be to. heading home. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you talk it over? I'll go inside and pour three drinks. And if it's just me, well, it looks like I'm having a triple. <laughs> <laughs> Like that. Oh, come on, he won't remember any of this in the morning, Clara. And anyway, I think he appreciates my devil-may-care attitude, which is probably why I'm in line for the promotion. Not that I care one way or the other. You know, devil-may-care and all that. Over my dead body, that promotion is mine. Which is why I think I should go inside for that drink. What kind of future assistant manager of Harbor Medical Supplies would I be if I didn't? No, 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 no. You are not going in there alone. I've heard about situations like this. He'll be wearing your face as a Halloween mask before the night is through. <laughs> That's a little dark. I'm just saying. And I'm just saying, Mr. Swanson is our boss. He's had a few drinks. He's had a few dozen drinks, Clara. Come on, he shouldn't be knocking them back like that. The guy has a pacemaker. Can't be good for him. Give the guy a break. He's lonely, he doesn't have any kids, and his wife died a few months ago. You never met her. She was a wonderful person with this infectious laugh. Mr. Swanson uh, George. is... George? George is going through a lot right now. And I know what that feels like. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry about your mother. How long has it been? Six months this weekend. I don't know. Maybe George is reaching out to us somehow. Maybe we can help him heal. And maybe helping him will help me heal, too. All right. Let's get that drink. Really? Yes, really. Oh, thanks, Adam. What did I do to deserve such an amazing cubicle mate? Well, this is purely selfish. I don't think I could find my way home without you. I mean, this stupid car can parallel park itself, but I still can't figure out the damn GPS. I hate <laughs> technology. So you uh, really think you're getting that promotion, don't you? I'm hopeful. The rumor is George will email the lucky person after the party. He didn't want it to be a distraction. Yeah, but have you ever heard it's it's about the journey, not the destination? Come on, don't worry about these things, Clara. If you do, uh, blimey! What? That is the biggest backup generator I've ever seen! Is that what that thing is? Looks like an air conditioner. Who would have known our boss is a doomsday prepper? <laughs> Adam, Clara, fancy meeting you here. <laughs> fancy that. Why are you two lingering out there like you're trying to sell me Girl Scout cookies? Come in, come in. Functional alcoholism is a blast. Shut up! Oh, 
a lovely home. Oh, please, please, have a look around. I'll get your drinks. Did you know that our boss was so... Religious? That's one way of putting it. I don't think I've ever seen so many crosses in my life. Yeah, well, maybe he's a collector. I mean, how old are these things? Very old. Blight! Jesus! Do you always sneak up on people like that? The cross on the far right dates back to the 17th century. Beautiful, isn't it? It's quite stunning. It's vintage brass, crafted with faith and precision. Just looking at it, you can't move. It keeps you. It holds you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have some duties to attend to. You shouldn't be here. still want that promotion. Why don't you two come on into the kitchen? Just to be clear, that wasn't his dead wife, right? That definitely wasn't his dead wife. Good. <laughs> ah, I thought I'd lost you. I was going to bring your drinks, but my stomach started growling something fierce. Figured I'd whip us up a snack. We just met your housekeeper? Dolores, oh, I hope she didn't frighten you. She has a tendency to, to, kind of... to creep up behind you and scare the bejesus out of you. <laughs> That's Dolores, all right. She's a bit of a serious one, but she's been invaluable to me since Barbara passed. The church set me up with her. She tends to the house, uh, cooks the food, uh, unless, of course, I'm making custard for my guests. Custard? Brilliant. Well... I know my way around the kitchen, so I'll uh, plug in this mixer for you. I'll just unplug this no. electronic device. Don't. Oh, okay, okay. I am sorry. <clears throat> I have to reprogram the damn thing. It's, it's, it's a whole process. Is that one of those digital home assistants? <laughs> Piper, how many ounces are in a cup? One cup equals eight fluid ounces. <laughs> You do realize the government is probably listening to us right now? Piper, say hello to Adam and Clara. Hello, Adam and Clara. Nice to meet you. That voice sounds familiar. What was that? I, uh, think Dolores may be having some trouble with the washing machine. You two sit tight. Don't touch anything. I'll be right back. What in God's name is going on around here? Are we on a fault line or something? Uh, Piper, where did you come from? Hmm, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Hey, do you hear that? I think George and Dolores are having a row in the other room. I'm gonna have a look. Oh, Clara. Those two are really having it out right now. Georgie boy looks furious. He's waving his arms around like a lunatic. Piper, you sound familiar to me. Do I? I'm in millions of homes around the world. You might have heard me before. Now Dolores is giving it right back to him, poking a finger in his chest. I think she's saying they need to leave. Oh, wow, she's really upset. Oh, she's running upstairs, and Georgie's 
Oh, he's following. This is really getting awkward. Piper, tell me a joke. How did the trees feel in springtime? Relieved? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I know that laugh. That infectious laugh. I've heard it before. Have you? Do you know who I am? Uh, Clara, I really think we should be leaving now. Barbara? Is that you in there? What's going on? I don't know. Barbara, help me. Oh my god. Help me, please. Clara? Barbara, where are you? The basement, please. My body, set me free. Well, that was utterly delightful. How about we hit the road now, huh? Don't you want to go down there? Down to the basement? You're joking, right? The lights are flickering. There's more religious iconography than the Pope's sitting room. The home assistant device sounds like a portal to hell. And our gracious host may be involved in a domestic incident upstairs with a creepy fucking nun. I think it's about time to beat the traffic and head home. Adam! You're right. Yeah, you're right. Let's go. Thank God. Clara, dear. Oh, my God. Mom? Mom, is that you? It's me, baby. I'm here. I'm trapped. Mom! It hurts, sweetie. Oh, it hurts. I... I don't understand. Mom? You need to help Barbara, dear. Release her. She'll take me with her. She promises. Mom, I... None of this makes sense. Make the pain go away. Please. Mom! The basement. Go. Clara? Clara, please, that can't be your mother. It's some sort of a trick. I'm going down there. With or without you. I'm going down there. It's that door. I saw Dolores come out of there before the argument. It's unlocked. I think George wants us to go down there. I think that was his plan. Why would he want us to go down there? Take my hand. This is the last time I give my boss a ride home. Do you hear that? Hear what? Adam? Look in the corner. Is that who I think it is? Oh, Christ, on a bike! It's... Barbara. Adam, she's alive! Why did George tell us she was dead? I don't know. I think... Do you remember what he told... What Barbara told us? To find her body? And set her free? Clara, please, take your hand off that plug. You don't know what you're doing. If that ventilator shuts down, she's a goner. But Barbara and my mother. You heard the voices, too. I'm not crazy. I'm not. No, no, no. But, 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 but think about what you're about to do. If you pull that plug from the wall, it's, it's murder. You'd be a murderer, Clara. It's not murder. It's mercy. Clara, don't. George wants me to do this. That's why he invited us inside. That's only partially true. George, Dolores, 
When did you? Do not pull that plug, child. You don't know what you're doing. You have no idea of the evil that will be unleashed. I think it's time, Dolores. It's time to put this to an end. Clara. You will not. What? I, I don't know what's going on anymore. A month ago, my wife was taken from me, but her body remains. Her true spirit, the, the real Barbara, is gone. She was possessed by the devil himself. Dolores performed an exorcism, and the evil left Barbara's body, but not completely. The evil somehow got sucked into those Piper devices, and now it's trapped. Barbara's body is being kept alive by that ventilator, and every day that voice torments me. The devil pretending to be my wife. Did you just say devices? It haunts me, Clara. It haunts me day and night. Tells me things things from those pipers, horrible things in Barbara's voice. How she despises me. How many lovers she had while we were together. And how the miscarriages she had years ago filled her with immeasurable joy. I wanted to pull that plug weeks ago, but I couldn't do it. Pulling that plug would mean losing what was left of my Barbara forever. George. So I installed that generator kept people away from the house. I don't know what would happen if a single piper lost power, or if Barbara was unplugged. All I know is as long as Barbara's body breathes, the devil can't go anywhere. The pipers are his cage, but I'm living in my own personal hell. So why don't we just leave everything as is? You know, we can all go upstairs, have a few drinks, and toast to the devil's jail cell. Things could be worse, right? I might be ready for worse. A few minutes ago in the kitchen I wasn't, but now... Let's see some fireworks. Miss, is why you invited us inside? Maybe I did. Or maybe I'm just a sad, drunk old man who hasn't had the pleasure of good company in a very long time. Child, do not do this. I am ready. No, 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 no. Let, let, let's just keep talking. George, um, George, tell us, uh, tell us about the promotion. Did you make a decision yet? Pull the I... plug, Clara. I'm not strong enough to do it myself, but you are. I... I can't. Honey, it's me. Oh, shit, there's one of these things down here. Mom? Help me, sweetie. Release Barbara, and you can make my pain go away, too. She'll take me with her to a better place. These are the lies of Satan. Do not listen. I'll do anything, Mom. Anything. That is not your mother, Clara. The devil can take any form he chooses. We can be together again someday. You and me. Together. Is she dead? Oh, Barbara. I'm so sorry. I'm... <gasps> ah! <gasps> My chest! George! <gasps> it's inside me! Oh, it's in my... my pacemaker! Help him! Don't touch him! Make it stop! Oh, God! I feel like... I'm being electrocuted! <sighs> Mr. Swanson? He's gone, child. The evil has taken him. It's taken them both. 
I'm sure someone's going to want to talk to us. Just take me home. I want to go home. Yeah, I don't know where we are. Hold on, I'll get my phone. Oh. What is it? It's an email from George. Must have been on a time delay. I, uh... I got the promotion. Congratulations. <laughs> you know what, Adam? I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. Maybe you're gonna start enjoying that journey after all. <laughs> <laughs> In 500 feet, turn left. Turn left. Turn left. Turn left. What the hell? Clara, the, the wheel is turning itself. I can't control it. Turn left. Turn left. You have arrived at your destination. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica McAvoy, Nicole Goodnight, Erica Sanderson, David Alt, and Mr. Brandon Boone. You have been listening to a special live presentation of the No Sleep Podcast's Escape the Black Farm Tour. For more information about the No Sleep Podcast, please visit thenosleeppodcast.com. Thank you for listening, and join us on June 3rd as we launch Season 11. This audio production is copyright 2018 by Creative Reason Media Inc., all rights reserved. The copyrights for each story are held by the respective authors. No duplication or reproduction of this audio program is permitted without the written consent of Creative Reason Media, Inc.